0: Last week, in introducing this particular psalm, Psalm thirty-nine is concerned with the brevity of life. It is a psalm that forces us to think about how short and fragile life really is, but not without seeing that in all things our hope is in the Lord, in whose hands. Our time is fixed. In verses four through six, the problem that is vexing David in Psalm 39 finally surfaces. In verses one through three, David kept silent concerning this stressing burden, but now he opens his mouth not to man, but to God and what he expresses to the lord in is his disconcernment over the brevity of life and the corresponding vanity or emptiness of human existence in fact the key word in these verses is the term translated nothing nothing For instance, you see it in verse 5 where David says, My lifetime is as nothing before you. And then verse 6, Surely for nothing they are in turmoil. This term, this word, nothing, the Hebrew is hebal. This is the same word used in Ecclesiastes chapter 1 in verse 2. Vanity of vanities. All is vanity. That term vanity is the word hibal. It's the same word that David is here using in Psalm 39 translated nothing. So David's point is that life is a mere breath. It is a vapor. It is a mist. It's fleeting, it is, So very short. That's his point. But despite the brevity and even the apparent vanity of life, David doesn't become a cynic. He does not become here a pessimist. But rather, he remains fixed with his hope and confidence in the Lord. And so... He prays thus in verse 4. O Lord, make me know my end. And what is the measure of my days? Let me know how fleeting I am. We can understand the sense and the implication of this petition in this way. David is saying, in essence, make me know rightly and estimate the shortness and uncertainty of human life. But so, instead of suffering myself to be perplexed with all that I see around me, I may cast myself the more entirely upon you. We think here of Psalm 90 in verse 12. Psalm 90 in verse 12. Because what David is asking the Lord to do in Psalm 39 is what Moses also petitions the Lord to do in Psalm 90 in verse 12. So teach us to number our days that we may do what? That we may get what? A heart of wisdom. That we may get a heart of wisdom. What Moses is petitioning is exactly the same petition that David is offering up to God in Psalm 39, verse 4. Teach us, Lord, to number our days. Two things we can draw from this petition specifically in Psalm 39 and thinking of it in the light of Psalm 90 in verse 12. First and foremost, God has fixed the span of your years. God has fixed the span of your years. You see, when David says here, make me know my end, and what is the measure of my days, that word measure can also be translated extension. In other words, David is very humbly confessing, I don't know how much longer I have. I don't know how long the span of my life is in this world. So he's asking the Lord, Lord, make me to always be aware to always be conscientious of the fact that the span of my days is fixed by you we think of hebrews 9:27 it is appointed unto man once to die and after this comes judgment it is appointed it is appointed who makes the appointment God does God does the day of your departing from this world is already fixed it's already fixed you will not leave this world any sooner or any later than what God has already appointed because the Lord the Lord has he has ordained, he has fixed the whole span, the whole scope of all of our years in this world. So none of us came into this world by birth at a time when we were not supposed to, and none of us will leave this world when we're not supposed to. Your time is fixed. It's fixed by God. And so David is very, very aware of this. Indeed, notice what he says in verse 5. Behold, you have made my days a few hand breaths. You. The focus is on the Lord. The focus is on God's providential workings in David's life you have made my days a few hand breaths so God has fixed the span of our years and I'll add something else to this point in fact two scripture verses that you need to You need to have in your catalog, uh, in your biblical catalog of verses that you always need to know, that you always need to have memorized. Psalm 139, in verse 16. Psalm 139, in verse 16. David says to the Lord, Your eyes saw my unformed substance, in your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. In God's book, which is poetical language to speak of God's of will, every day of your life, has already been written every day every day so there's no day dear christian there's no day that you wake up to like today and nothing you'll face and encounter in this day that god has not already ordained it's already written in his book Nothing will catch God off guard, will surprise him of what you encounter today, because everything you will encounter today is what he's already written for you to encounter today. Gee, that sounds like predestination. You think? That's exactly what the Bible teaches. Every day. Every day, before they ever existed, already ordained. Now, let me give you another passage. Go to Acts chapter 17. Acts chapter 17. And this is the Apostle Paul's sermon on Mars Hill. And in that sermon, the Apostle Paul reveals a truth that is true of everyone. (laughs) Starting at verse 24, Acts 17, verse 24. The God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man, nor is he served by human hands, as though he needed anything. Since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. And then look at this, verse 26. And he made from one man every nation of mankind. So there's only one human race, not all these different races. Okay? One human race. Different ethnicities, but one human race. So for one man, every nation of mankind. He made to live on all the face of the earth. And then notice this having determined, that's past tense, allotted periods in the boundaries of their dwelling place. Having determined allotted periods in the boundaries of their dwelling place. Why are you where you are? Because this is what God has determined. This is what God has determined. And he's already determined this. Where you were born, the family to whom you were born to, okay? Your period of life that you have lived and in the different and various places where you have lived your life, if you have lived it in different places, perhaps maybe or, or maybe all your life you've just been right here in the heart of Dixie. But wherever... It is, God has determined, God has allotted that dwelling place, that time, that period. You're here because God has determined you to be right here. The second thing that we can draw from Psalm 39 and verses four through six is that only God can explain the real meaning of our life since he created it and gives us our real purpose you're not going to find you're not going to find and discover the real true meaning of what life is and what life is about from the world This world that is temporal, this world that is fading away, this world that's passing away. You're only going to discover the real and true meaning of life from the one who has given you life. The Lord God. He created you. He gave you the breath to live. He is the one by whom, from whom, through whom, and to whom you discover life. What is life really all about? What is it really? And so, David, again, says in verse 4, Make me know my end. Make me know my end. What is my purpose? Why, Lord, have you put me here? And thankfully, as Christians, well, I mean, we know. God has called us into this world. He has given us life, natural life, but then calling us out of darkness, spiritual darkness, into his marvelous light and thereby being born again and becoming his people through Christ. What is our purpose? It is that in all things we will glorify God. In all things, we will glorify God. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 31 is so clear. It is so plain on that point. Whether you eat or drink or in whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. There is the meaning of life right there. That even in the most mundane things, the things that we take for granted especially in the western world like eating drinking even in the most mundane things but in all things we do it all to the glory of God we do it all with giving God thanksgiving gratitude, honor we do it all with the purpose, and the end, that in this, I am here to make much of him. That's the whole reason I'm here. That's the whole meaning of my very existence. So that means that in your marriage, if you're married, your families, you have a family, or in your single life, because we have singles here too, so even in your singleness and in your vocation, whatever that may be, just these as an example, you are to make much of God in all of that. In all of that, you are to make much of Him, to glorify Him, to honor Him in all these things. But how often do we as Christians need to be reminded of the ultimate reason and purpose for why we're here? Because there is a fallen, lost, unbelieving world out there that is always, always striving to get our attention and to draw us away from the real meaning and purpose for why. God has called us to himself and why we are here and in addition to that not only do we have the world out there to have to deal with but then we have the flesh within and if that's not problem enough then of course the scripture reveals to us that we have principalities and powers and rulers of darkness you know the wiles of the wicked one the schemes of Satan we have to face that too so there are, these, there are these adversaries, these spiritual adversaries that are doing everything they possibly can to turn us away, to draw us away, and to cloud our mind and our thinking and our understanding in order that we would miss the real reason and the purpose and the calling for why God has us where he has us. Since God has fixed the full scope, the full span of our life here on earth, since our days are numbered by him, then, beloved, may we be even more earnest like David to pray that with wisdom from God, we will make the most of the days God's given us to his glory. Into his honor. As tempted as we will always be, each and every day, to make it something else. Let's pray. Our Holy Father, we are in great awe, Lord, of you. How could we not be? that every day of our life, that every breath we breathe, it is all what you have determined, what you have purposed, and indeed, Lord, what you are providentially and omnipotently sustaining because you have fixed the days Even before time began, before the world was created, you have fixed our days. That we would live, that we would sojourn in this world, Lord. Not just as the natural man and our unbelief, but... At that critical moment when you called us out of darkness into your marvelous light and we closed with Christ. And now, Father, you have given us an understanding that we had not before. You've given us the eyes to see the truth and the glory of who you are and the real glory of why we are here which is to worship and glorify you, to serve you with all our heart, even like your servant David and many others, both before him and after him. And so, Lord, we pray that as David prayed, as Moses prayed, teach us to number our days, make us to know our end and the measure of our life, our very existence in this world, Lord, sober us to these great facts, to these great realities, that we may truly realize how short our time really is, how fleeting our days really are, And that by the working of your sanctifying grace in our hearts as your people, Lord, may we thereby give ourselves more and more to serving you and making much of you and glorifying you in all things where you have placed us, where you have determined that we would live but that we will live for you. Indeed, Lord, we pray that as tempted as we are each and every day as your people to the myriad of distractions by this godless fallen world to think of life in any other way but what you have made and created and designed and purpose life to be. We plead in earnest with you, Lord, today, that you will protect us and guard us more and more from the siren calls of this fallen world, tempting us to turn away, to fix our attention and to and to fix all our affections on things that are fleeting, on things that are transient, on things. That will only distract us from your glory and your greatness, wherein we can only see and understand the true meaning of who we are and why we are here. We trust in you, Holy Father, today that the grace you gave your servant David and the grace you gave your servant Moses to see and understand such things and to be so conscientious, so sober-minded, we ask, Lord, for the same grace, grace that we are assured is ours in Christ Jesus through whose name and by whose merits we offer these petitions to you. Amen.